Hello, 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 hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast on Twitter Thursday. I am Matt Williamson NFL. Most of you know that because you have sent me tweets today to talk about, as we do pretty much every Thursday. I'm a former NFL college scout. I work for Steeler Nation Radio. I write for The Score. I was an NFL analyst for 10 years and proud to be on the Locked On Network. I mentioned yesterday that my buddy, uh, John Ledger and Trevor Sikama, they do Locked On NFL Draft. It's starting to be draft season. Some of the questions you have for me are draft-related today. I urge you to check that podcast out for sure. And with only, what, eight teams left in the in in the league, you should probably check out Locked On Patriots, Locked On Steelers. You know, all these, all, all these uh, individual Locked On team sites to really dig into these playoff games in depth. I'll be talking about them all week, of course. So, along those lines with the draft, Niners AO asked me, single biggest need for the 49ers in free agency, and who do you think they should take in the draft? Well, they're a tough one. I mean, because they have a reasonably early pick, but not as early as we thought, because they went on a winning streak. Great. That's good. Um, They have a quarterback. What do they do at running back? To me, that's a big question. Like, because Carlos Hyde's a free agent. And I like Hyde. And remember they drafted Joe Williams? Like, I kind of think that I would just bring back Hyde and you have check and just kind of keep that backfield intact. But if not, maybe you're in the market for a really dynamic back in the draft, either the first or second round. Um, but that's hard to guess because they have a ton of cap space. And I think that they... Will be very aggressive, and I think free agents will want to go there. My hunch is their first jobs in free agency will be to attack a secondary, specifically corner. Edge pass rush comes to mind. That might be their first round pick right there. Although, from what I'm understanding, and like I said, I'm only on phase two out of ten in terms of draft prep, but it doesn't look like a great top half of round one group of edge pass rushers. Um, I absolutely think wide receivers got to be near the top of the list. You know, that this system has featured a number one receiver going back to the Kubiak era and Mike Shanahan and Andre Johnson and Julio, what they ran there. And um, you can't, you it's easy to forget that Garcon is on board, but I think he's the two. And if they could get a one, is that Sammy Watkins? Is it Allen Robinson? I My hunch is those two guys might get franchised the more I think about it. So maybe that first-round pick, if I were to bet this minute, sitting here at 1246 Eastern on Thursday, was maybe one of these top wide receivers, maybe a guy like Ridley out of Alabama. And therefore, maybe the best strategy would be, let's add some offensive line help. Um, I, I like the young tight end. Let's keep Kittle. Let's keep Hyde. Let's try to add a corner, maybe like Trumaine Johnson, steal him from the Rams. And all of a sudden, that defense has some pieces. You know, I love Foster. I think the front is pretty good, but they are missing a dynamic edge guy. So that's that's my early thoughts on Niners free agency, which I think is going to be very active and very fruitful. James Fitzpatrick asked me, with the NFL London games being announced today, long term, do you see a franchise there? Or eventually having eight games there every year with teams rotating as they do now. Also, do Americans like the London games? Um, 
maybe this is a bad reflection of Americans liking or disliking the London games, but I didn't even know they were being announced today. So I'm not sure it moves the needle. My hunch is James is from London or from overseas and great. Good to have you on board. I don't know that it moves the needle all that much. I mean, I know that when your franchise gets, quote, nominated for it, it's a big deal and you're usually not excited about it as a coach, as, you know, player, because it's a big change in your routine. But I do think there's money there. I do think that the commissioner and the powers that be want to push it. I really hope there's not a franchise there, just because... I mean, one out of every four years, you'd have to play the NFC West. If you're an AFC team, let's say you're the AFC, that team, the London, the Werewolves of London, they end up in the AFC East. And at one out of every three years, you got to play the AFC West. One out of every four years, you play the NFC West. And you're going to have West Coast games. I mean, that just seems like a ridiculous road trip. Or Seattle's playing in London this week. Holy smokes. <laughs> or San Fran's traveling to London this week. And some of this would be a lot more palatable if it goes back to my thoughts on, and I stole this from Ross Tucker, as I told you, and, well, not entirely steal it. He takes a lot of credit for it. But, you know, if you go to a schedule where there's 18 regular season weeks and there's two buys, that would be a lot more palatable to me, as would Thursday games, that you have a, a buy after your London game. You have a buy before your Thursday game. So, I don't know. Um, Ed B asks, literally every time I ask a question, you say on the podcast how bad the questions were. I've got neglected wife syndrome. Well, maybe you're not a good question asker, Ed B. I don't know. I'd have to scroll back many a week to find out. But that isn't a question. But I read your complaint anyways, or your concern. I mentioned that we are brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie is a very good friend of the podcast, has been for some time now. For any of you that are new, tomorrow I will go to MyBookie.ag and we will pick every game without the spread and every game with their spread. And of course, tomorrow we will cook it, you know, we will be concentrating a lot more on each specific game. We'll spend a lot more time on each matchup. So. Obviously, they're a good friend of ours, and I do all my work there as well. Uh, where you bet is just as important on who you're betting on, and if you want to make money betting on you know, the, these playoff games coming up, uh, you got to go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site I recommend. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Just check them out yourselves. They have odds on every matchup as well as game live betting all this season. For NFL, obviously they had the college bowl games. They have every other sport as well. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus, which I think you guys can figure out. That's free money. Use our promo code LONFL to... Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Our promo code is locked on. Use our promo code locked on to activate, activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Promo code is locked on. If you're going to bet, the only place to do it is at MyBookie. So, it doesn't. It, they also, I didn't mention here, they have a great app as well. So, you can download that at your app store, sign in, and it's mobile um, mobile betting at MyBookie.ag. Locked on is our promo code. So, I urge you to do that immediately. 
All right. Lennon Landry asked me, prediction on how the Bills use their 2018 draft capital, keep the spots they have, trade up for quarterback, etc. It's a little early to be guessing on these things, and we will be getting into more you know, postseason talk. I don't think Tyrod's back. I think the receiver is a massive need. It probably isn't the year to do it, but you're going to have to find McCoy's successor. I think the front seven needs a lot of work. I mean, that's why I haven't been high on the Bills. I mean, there's a lot of needs here. But they're going to have a fun offseason. Is that they have back-to-back picks. I think it's 20 and 21. They have a fair amount of cap space. They've cleared a lot of room. They have a lot of picks in general. But this is a tough fit for me in terms of what quarterback am I after? You know, I mean, I don't think this is a fit for like a Kirk Cousins. Is... Bridgewater or somebody like that, maybe, but I wish it was a stronger arm guy to go face the elements and, you know, play in Buffalo in December and postseason, hopefully. I'm struggling to find the fit that I love there. And I, they seem to like Peterman, and I get that, but by no means can they think he's their starter by what we know about him. Josh Allen from Wyoming seems like the most likely draft target, or maybe even like a Lamar Jackson. I wonder about that one. I just kind of thought of that. I mean, he's a strong-armed guy. Um, you could have a, a bridge guy for either Allen or Jackson. Maybe they're still around at 2021 range. I think that's possibility. Um, so I think those are some targets. And if they're you know if they're starting to go a little quicker, you obviously have the the beauty is you have some draft capital to move up to 12 if you need to or something like that. Um, but there you have it. By the way, London games were announced. Seahawks, Raiders, Eagles, Jags, Titans versus Chargers. McIntosh asks, do you believe Derrick Henry can be a featured back next year for the Titans? I absolutely do. A couple things. He needs to improve in protection a little bit. And most of that's recognition. Obviously, he's big and strong enough to get in front of people and block. But that's a bit of a problem, and it's been one of the reasons why Murray's been on the field more than I've been saying he should be. And Henry's not much of a receiver. He's kind of a dump-off option guy. I think they're going to move on from Murray, who's expensive, who's got a lot of wear and tear. Um, but maybe you want to get that 5'9", 5'10", 205 jitterbug Danny Woodhead guy to compliment Henry. Get someone very different from him. And make Henry your foundation player, um, but have somebody very different to compliment him. I keep thinking the breakout's coming, and maybe it just did. You know, I mean, I like him. I think it's a good line. Their whole system makes me a little cringe a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I understand how they want to be a downhill team and their linemen are big and heavy and not real athletic, but I also think that they need to spread the field and let Mariota be Mariota and spread the ball around and shotgun and get it out quick. And that doesn't seem real Derrick Henry-like to me, but I really do like the player. John James Wilkes and Wilkins, will the Steelers franchise Bell again? I tend to think so. I mean... I don't think he's going to go anywhere. So let's just say that, that, that after this year. that Especially if Ben's back. No matter how, even if he get blown up by the Jags on Sunday, I still think you have to look at this team like we're a contender. Let's make a run with Bell, with Ben. 
even if it's only for one more year, even if that means franchising him a second year and paying him a ton of money. But my thoughts on Bell, and I was saying this on uh, Steelers Nation Radio the other day, is I think he's the best back in the league and a great, great player. But I also wonder with his unbelievable workload that if you look at his career arc, his absolute highest point was about this time last year before he got injured. And not that he's declining, but he's not quite to that burst and explosion. And he may look very different than that than against Jacksonville, too. I mean, with two you know, two day two weeks off, I expect him to have come in with fresh legs and be a massive factor in both the pass game and the run game and be a very Le'Veon Bell-centric game plan. But I wonder if his best day is gone. That doesn't mean he's still not awesome, though. I mean, don't misunderstand that and say Bell's done. But I think he's hit his apex and maybe is starting to come over the crest of the roller coaster just because he's had such an unbelievable workload. Lee Wisniewski asked me, how much has the terrible AFC East factored into the Patriots dynasty? I recognize their achievements, but how many times have they gone by home, home, Super Bowl? I hear you. And again, I'm going to keep this a little Steeler-centric because my buddies around here and big-time Steeler fans will often cite that. And they do it through black and gold colored lenses in that... If they would have had the Ravens in their division all these years and a big-time organization that was more or less your peer, you're bound not to be number one in the division as often. You know, maybe 25% less, something like that. Or, you know, if you had a big-time foe in the AFC East that was one of the better teams of this era, obviously I think that would have been a detriment to their path. And one thing that seems pretty clear, too, is there's been a lot of years where the Patriots, week 17 doesn't matter. Week 16 doesn't matter. And I know Belichick plays his guys, which I have mixed feelings about, but he knows more than I do, obviously. Um, So I do think it's a factor. I think when we look back 10 years from now, it should not detract one bit from where what they've done and how they've utterly destroyed this division. And the Bills and the Jets and the Dolphins also look a lot worse because they lose two games every year to New England, (laughs) you know, that uh, has something to do with it as well. Um, But uh, that's where I'm at. So, yeah, I think it's helped. J.D. Fulamanio asked, last time I asked, I promise, row flow for a show. I would love to. I just haven't. I'm lazy. I'm sorry. And really the best time I would have had to row flow on would have been a Friday during the regular season where we could pick 16 games back like we used to. Roflo's the best. I love him. Uh, I will get him on here. Maybe we'll get it. He's a big Texans fan. So maybe I'll get him on for just a, te- a Texan-centric show. And uh, we'll listen. We'll do some old stuff. And what a blast. And along those lines, you know, I've been on with Ross Tucker quite a bit too on his show. And keep in touch with him as well. So... The good old guys from the Football Today podcast are always still very much with me, and I think about them all the time as we are having our little chats here. Uh, Zavery Golden asks, what do you think the Steelers will do in the first round of the draft this year? I think there's three things to address if you operate under the assumption that Lev Bell's back. If he isn't, then obviously running back becomes a massive need. One is quarterback of the future, what you're probably picking 30, 31, 32. Who's that guy? 
I don't know that they'll trade up to 17 and mortgage a future first. That's just not their style. So maybe that waits one more year or a second round pick and see what happens. I don't know. But I think the biggest on the field needs are inside linebacker. Obviously, Shazier's history has a lot, or you know, future has a ton to do with that decision. Um, but even if you would get word tomorrow or when free agency opens, Ryan's doing great. He might play next year, which honestly probably is far-fetched. I still think you should draft an inside linebacker very high because Shazier was injury-prone. I mean, I thought inside linebacker was a big need a year ago. And without Shazier, it's the number one need. I also think free, free safety is a big need, too. Uh, that they they lack a rangy... A ra- I always talk about Earl Thomas and, and Ed Reed. Those guys are erasers. When the people in, fr- in, front of, in front of them make a problem, they get out the eraser on the back of their pencil, and they eliminate that problem. And Steelers don't have that. Mike Mitchell's getting up in age. He's pricey. I wonder if he's a potential cap casualty that a, a really athletic, free safety, last layer of defense type of guy... Um, I think would really be in in need. So, quarterback aside, I think you'd go inside linebacker, free safety, and then even a running back too. Like a third round running back wouldn't be a terrible idea, just because maybe you only have Bell for a year. All right, last question. Michael Jack asks Matt, how much does bad bad weather bad bad weather play into quarterback evaluations? Foles is getting crushed for his last two games of sub twenty degrees. Uh, big, you know, mile per hour win numbers. Derek Carr and Dak look worse. Does this fa- factor into eval at all? I can't remember QB ever playing well in those conditions. Um, yeah, I mean, let's, let's take it a step further. Like the year I was with the Browns, very windy stadium. Elements are a big deal. I just mentioned the Bills and their quarterback search. That. As I think it's foolish for a front office to say we should, you know, that you should grab a guy who's never really played in elements before or grew up in Arizona or Texas, you know, without ever proving at the college level or pro level that he can understand how to deal with the elements, throw the ball in rain, in snow, and especially wind. And having a big arm has a lot to do with that. But you go back to Bortles this past week. I mean, Bortles has a big arm, but Romo, without totally throwing under the bus, was basically saying he doesn't know the techniques of how to throw the ball in the wind, how to cut the wind. And, for example, when I was at the Browns, we had Jeff Garcia for a year, and he was a good player. He was up in age, and but... As the season went on, he had a harder time throwing out patterns, you know, in the wind and tough elements. And, oh, by the way, you play in Pittsburgh and in Baltimore and in Cincinnati every year. Um, Your division has a lot to do with it as well as your home field. So I think that's a massive component of it, that if you're New Orleans and you play in a dome, maybe you get away with a, I'm not saying Breeze necessarily, but his style as opposed to Favre style. You know, Favre and Green Bay, perfect example. Um, so I think if you are the GM of a team in the North, you really should be relevant to that, as well as with kickers. Like, don't draft the Florida State kid. <laughs> I mean, that's never, it's always kicked in optimal you know, situations. So yes, although I thought your question was a little more geared towards, do you kill 
guys week to week that play in terrible weather? And I think that answers no. A smart scout, a smart evaluator has to realize that throwing the football this time of year is much more difficult than early in the season. I mean, I don't know how you could... You have to be aware of those things. Um, But I also think that these guys get a track record. And sorry, I'm going to bring up the Steelers, but Ben Roethlisberger grew up in Ohio, played at Miami of Ohio, has been in Pittsburgh his whole life. He handles the elements very well. He's proven that over a long stretch, you know, that at every level of his career, going back to high school, he's a mutter. You know, there's guys like, and he's also a big, strong dude that's figured out the techniques of how to cut the win. So I think you have to realize those things. You know, if you are Buffalo going through your quarterback evaluations this year, that's why Bridgewater to me, like, I've never seen it. And he's not a big, strapping, strong arm guy. Like, yeah, he may fit the system, and we might like the, some of the things that he's able to do. But if it's December 28th and we're hosting a crucial game, the Patriots are in town and we need it to win it, Belichick and Patricia and whoever are going to make him throw out routes. You know, I mean, people know these things. So arm strength matters. Arm strength and the elements matter. And it's also very important of where your home field is. All right, that's a wrap. Good stuff as always. I always like Twitter Thursday. And you guys can ask me anything. I mean, it doesn't always have to be football related. Some of you go off topic on that, which is fun. Um, Tomorrow we pick games. Go into mybookie.ag. You have to do that as well. Use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's a wrap. Over and out.